Good morning. How's it going? It's a good night here. Everything is yeah. good. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm good. So, so I thought to tell about you and uh, the work that you are doing to my audience and the work that you already did. Okay. Sounds great. So before that, can you please introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Jeff Brown. I've been working in IT about 15 years now. Um, all the way from answering phone calls on a help desk, systems admin, all the way up to uh, doing uh, some consulting now, uh, primarily out in Azure. So, um, yeah, wide range of uh, things that I've gone through there to to get to that point. But I'm excited to talk to you about it. So you're from? Uh, I'm originally from Oklahoma. Uh, kind of the middle America there, uh, but recently moved up to the state of Washington. A uh, little bit of a change there uh, in scenery and everything. It's it's really uh, quite beautiful out here. So uh, you're a cloud engineer and a, and a DevOps engineer. That's, that's your present job. Yes, uh, more focused on the cloud right now, um, but a little bit of a, a, some DevOps things in there. Uh, so primarily, um, I work for a Microsoft well, they're they're a much bigger consulting company. They do uh, AWS, uh, Google, uh, uh, Microsoft, you know, Azure, and everything. Um, they really encompass a lot of different technologies. But primarily, right now, uh, working in Azure, and what I do is um, work with different customers to uh, either help them get started with Azure. Um, you know, so maybe they're new to it uh, and looking to get started right you know, avoid pitfalls, make sure they do everything, um, you know, as best they can from the start or assisting companies with a specific project. Maybe they're uh, wanting to migrate from on-premises, help them migrate up into the cloud um, or help them uh, go into their existing environment. Maybe they've already had Azure for a little bit, but they're looking to have someone come in and just review the environment and say, what could we be doing better? Or we want to move this specific application up into Azure, you know, what would that look like? And may just be planning, architecting for them, um, or actually going through and, and helping them, uh, uh, you know, do the implementation and everything. So, so you are into this role from? Sorry, what was the question again? Uh, you are into this role from? Yeah, I've been in this role um, I've been a consultant for about six years now, but um, I've been focused on Azure just about the last year, actually. Uh, prior to that, I did a lot of Microsoft Teams, um, which evolved from Skype for Business. And uh, I really got started in consulting, um, working with Skype for Business link server on premises. And uh, Microsoft at the time had... Uh, Skype for Business Online, but it wasn't it wasn't quite the same as it was on premises. So a lot of companies weren't moving towards it because um, it was still lacking some features and custom uh, customizing uh, that they needed for you know to meet their organization's needs and everything. Uh, but then Microsoft came out with Teams, and naturally all of the Skype for Business people uh, moved into Teams and everything because they finally announced you know this was going to be the the replacement product for it. Um, but I was working in Microsoft Teams and I was like, uh, you know, consulting in here is great and everything. There's some challenges, but um, there's not a lot you can control because it's a it's a cloud application. You know, it's Microsoft does a lot of the stuff for you. So I didn't really see it much of as a challenge. Um, so that's when I started looking at Azure and trying to skill up in that area. And um, I also like writing code. You know, I'm not a full-blown software developer or anything like that or engineer, but, um, you know, working with Exchange, working with Skype for Business, everything, there's lots of PowerShell. And I liked scripting and everything like that. And that's where uh, getting into the DevOps um, was intriguing for me because there's lots of, you know, automation, which I also enjoy trying to automate things and solve those puzzles, um, writing code, uh, and then going through and, you um, you know, there's lots of just code writing and everything and trying to solve <clears throat> trying to solve problems with code. So that's where that that, uh, you know, that's what kind of gradually got me into Azure and, and DevOps and everything. 
so you are into this role uh, since uh, one year so i'm i'm sure uh, you might have uh, experienced uh, uh, a lot of things from a lot of different customers like you said uh, uh, some people wants to uh, have uh, a architecture for their uh, for their work and uh, some people are very new to uh, uh, new to this and they they want your help so how is that how many people came with how many ideas to you yeah so so far um well i've been working side in azure uh started out um kind of the first project was helping a uh, a customer move they had a very legacy application like back on like an uh, maybe like an ibm mainframe or something like that very old like accounting software um, and they were working with a company to modernize it and put it into the cloud um, and so my role there was um, you know sometimes it depends on the project that you work on there can be lots of different moving parts and people so in this case i had a very small I won't say small, but specific role where, uh, you know, there were the application developers. They were giving the requirements of what um, the application needed in the cloud and everything. Uh, and then there was an architect coming up with the design a little bit and putting the little pieces together. And then my job was to go deploy it, um, writing out ARM templates for Azure, which is you know, Azure's native. Um, infrastructure as code language and, and deploying that out for them and doing a lot of the configuration afterwards. Then the interesting thing about that project is, um, you know, moving to the cloud has different, um, can look different for a lot of different people. Um, sometimes you might want to take uh, advantage of native things out in Azure, like Azure app services and functions and, and things like that um, you know to modernize your application and everything but in this case we were just building virtual machines and, and putting the application on them kind of like traditional on-premises um, kind of type of architecture and so we're building lots of virtual machines lots of uh, networking to go with it um, and so that was really exciting uh, just diving into arm templates and everything and, and getting to deploy that um, and then another project I've worked on is uh, very similar. Uh, a company had an on-premises application. Um, they weren't quite seeing, um, you know, it wasn't scaling very well for their needs inside their company anymore. Uh, they did have it out in Azure, and they, um, but it was still kind of slow performance, uh, still running on virtual machines and everything. And so we came in, uh, me alongside uh, a networking person as well as a software developer, we were to kind of look at this program and just and tackle it and be like, you know, how can we make this better? What would it look like differently maybe in the cloud? And um, what it really came down to was it was just kind of, I won't say old software, but it was just, it, it's, it was software that had been around a long time. And, um, and the software developer really dug into the code and everything and said, you know, there are a couple of things we can do better here, but I analyzed the performance of the virtual machines and the disks and networking out in Azure. And Azure wasn't the bottleneck, it really was the software. So it was actually a really good example of, you can't just take an application, put it on a virtual machine in the cloud and, and it's magically better, you know? It's that the cloud isn't a, a silver bullet for everything. It's not just gonna automatically fix everything. Um, but we did come up with maybe a slightly alternative design because they had um they had required a lot of storage to store files and everything and they were still looking at it as here's a server i'm going to attach a whole bunch of disks to it and put file shares on that disk and it's like well if you need file storage there's azure storage and there's azure fire azure file shares um that can, that can replace that so you don't have to manage all these disks and everything here's just a big bucket of storage and you just pay for what you need. Um, so that was, like, like I mentioned, that was a really good example of the cloud's not a silver bullet. It's not gonna solve all your problems. It's not gonna magically make software better or anything. You still have to architect things and do things maybe a little bit differently. And then right now I'm primarily working on um, a long-term project. It's almost like um, uh, where we're just going in and helping them set up Azure, deploy different things out in there. Um, 
uh, kind of just whatever their needs come up. It's not, you know, a specific project. It's just helping them get out into Azure and put more things in Azure. They've had a big turnaround and focused on making things cloud first. Um, so always looking to the cloud to deploy something first. And uh, it's been really great. Been um, working a lot in Terraform, doing um, automatic deployments, um, working with Git and source control and everything. Uh, so it's been really great to see the the all these individual things that I've been learning about, kind of put them all together into this pipeline and everything and, and make them uh, and get them deployed out there. So it's been a really great, really awesome experience. So you're a consultant and uh, you're a programmer, a little bit of programmer, and also you are an architect. So three different jobs. So how this experience and this knowledge for you came from with the experience, uh, with the works that you did before? Yeah, it's really just a culmination of, you know, 15 years of just going through everything. Um, I wouldn't call myself a programmer per se, but you know, lots of scripting, and that goes back to um, uh, back in college, where I actually started out in college as like a music major, uh, you know, playing an instrument and everything, and I decided that wasn't for me. So I started uh, taking classes at a local community college. Uh, I'd always been interested in computers and everything, and I took a beginning programming course in uh, Pascal, which is, I mean, not a language really used anymore. But I just thought it was awesome. It's like I could write out this code and it puts something. I can make the computer do something. Um, but I wasn't interested in being a programmer. And I kind of wish if I could go back, I would do that again. I would more focus on the programming because everyone's a software developer now. Um, but I went into the systems administration side, and um, that's where you know started getting experience building servers. A little bit of networking, doing automation, writing scripts to deploy things for you. Started out in VB Script, which uh, has evolved into PowerShell, which you know is the main thing for uh, Windows systems administrators and everything. Um, and then, yeah, it's just being exposed to different environments and seeing how different people do things um, is what will eventually help you because along the way, you'll eventually be like, oh, I've seen this before. Um, Here's what we there. Here's what we've done before to solve this problem, and uh, just take that experience and be able to apply it to your current uh, problem that you're having. Um, so yeah, it was just um, you know I would put myself as kind of the the consult first, and then the the architect programmer type stuff a, a little bit second and third. Uh, it's pretty close there, but just mainly. Just I like the building part of it. You know, let's let's we have a problem. Let's solve the problem. Uh, more often than not, it's written out in code, like I mentioned at this point, to to deploy it, and then um, just moving on, trying to make it better and automate it. And it just comes through exposing yourself, and that's that's why I originally wanted to become a consultant um, because I had worked in roles where you're working in your environment, and that's almost all you know, um, and that's all you're exposed to, and um have experience against and i wanted to broaden that experience and instead of you know going from you know one like corporate it type job from another to another to another i was like well once you become a consultant you work on uh smaller projects i won't say smaller projects but they're more confined you know they might be three to six months you get into a customer's environment you learn their environment a little bit you have a specific challenge to solve and then you move on and that's constantly changing. You go to this customer <clears throat> and they have something a little bit different. So you've got to change and you just kind of rack up that experience after a while. So that's, um, you know, you talk about the different experiences. That's why I want to be more on the consulting side is because you're, you're always exposed to something different, different environment, different customer, different set of requirements, uh, different technologies. And that just slowly helps expand that experience for sure so uh, as a consultant as a uh, architect uh, how you look at problems i always look at a problem um you know at, there might be this huge thing that you're looking at 
But at the end of the day, you're just like, what are we trying to accomplish? What's the end goal um, with what we're trying to do? And you you can start with a solution. You can be like, all right, uh, here's the solution. And then I step back and look at it and go, okay, what is that a sustainable solution? You know, is that going to be easy to manage in the future? And you start trying to think about these things like, yeah, I could I could do this. You know, we could hook this thing up here, here and here. Um, but, you know, that's kind of complicated. Um, how can we simplify? And I always go for simplicity. You know, can we what's the easiest way to get there? The easiest way that's going to maintain it in the long run. And then. Um, but also. But also make it. Um, I'm trying to think of the word. N- not super strict, I guess, um, you know, because you don't want to get uh, narrowly focused into one path. And if you have to change something in the future, you're just like, oh, no, you know, I, we're going to have to start from scratch on this. It's got to be able to uh, be malleable and everything to go into a different direction. Um, but always I think that's my key thing is always simplicity. How can I make this simpler? How can I make this repeatable and manageable? Uh, especially, you know, writing a script or, you know, a small program or something like that. Um, let's always think about. It. So, you know, I might have this solution and I go, okay, we've solved this problem and then start chipping away at it. How can I make it better? How can I do it better and simpler and easier? Uh, and, uh, and that slowly evolves over time. And then you finally put it out there. And even when you put it out there, you sometimes immediately go, oh, yeah, I could have done this better. But um, that's just, yeah, that's my philosophy is just how do we keep it simple and, and manageable long term? So you started uh, your uh, your role as a network management specialist, IS network uh, management specialist. For You did this for four years. Yeah, that was really um, my first um the, the role you don't see before that of what is um i was working at dell uh taking incoming phone calls from home users you know home users call in they've got a problem with their laptop or their desktop and trying to troubleshoot and dispatching parts and things like that um but i was it was all on the phone um you know i wasn't doing any hands-on i'm a very hands-on person uh, so I managed to get this role. Um, it was basically a systems administrator. You know, that was the the network management specialist. That was the fancy, you know, official title. But I was a, ju- a junior systems administrator. Um, and so in that role is where I really got to. Um, this really shaped a lot of things where I am now because um, it was uh, for a government agency, which um, we're always limited by budget. So we're always having to come up with creative solutions for things reuse old equipment, um, you know, just basically trying to come up with a way of how to do things with the limited resources that we had. So there's lots of uh, uh, my boss at the time, he was a great uh, batch script writer for Windows, you know, the Windows command line and everything. And that's where I learned VB script and really got into scripting and just being able to solve problems uh, without having to go by some software solution. So that was really great and um, got exposed to a lot of things. Um, when I started in that first year, that's when the newer version of Exchange 2007 server come out, came out, uh, Windows Server 2008 came out. So there was domain controller upgrades that I got to participate in. So it was actually like a really good time when I started because lots of these new Microsoft products that we had and relied on came out. Um, you know, working with SQL Server, um, working with um, laptop and desktop imaging automation. Um, yeah, so it was a really good, I got exposed to a lot of different things um, in that in that role that, that's, uh, that's still serving me today. Great. And... Uh... After that, uh, you worked as a system administrator. Right. So that's where I, um, you know, I started looking around and, um, I, you know, at the that last job I was at, uh, I started looking around. I started looking at job openings or job descriptions. 
I was seeing lots of technologies. I had no idea what they were. I'd never worked with VMware. This was still, uh, virtualization was starting to gain speed and everything. Um, there's stuff about Citrix, you know, Zen Desktop, you know, never worked with virtual desktops. I was starting to become a very popular. Um, so I managed to land this role where uh, I got to work with VMware. Um, and it was a very different environment because uh, the previous environment, it was, I won't say the wild, wild west. You often hear that in IT, you know, just anything goes. You know, we we pushed out patches all the time. Uh, there was no change control, uh, nothing like that. So then in this role, it was very different in that there were there was documentation. Uh, there were some policies and procedures. We had scheduled patch rollouts. Um, and so that was also really good because then now I you know, had to pay attention to these things. And then, um, yeah, I got really exposed into VMware a little bit. It was a small environment, but still got to mess with it. I uh, got VMware certified at the time, went to the class and everything, which was great, and really dove into that technology. And then um, got to do some interesting projects, actually got to look at how to set up a disaster recovery environment, you know, kind of what that looks like. And I got to build that out. Uh, even though it was a smaller organization than my previous role, um, it was really advanced in a lot of ways, uh, especially because they worked in healthcare. So there was, um, you know, encryption standards we had to follow, um, had to work with um, And that's where the policies and procedures came in because you have to have all this stuff documented um, and be able to answer for it. Um, so, yeah, again, that was just another great role of. Uh, there were some things that were complete 180 from the last role that you then I had to adjust for and be able to um, uh, to be able to work with. But I I got to modernize my skills. I felt like a little bit, you know, getting into VMware um, and um, a little bit like it's some designing some disaster recovery things in, a, in an offsite uh, network and everything. Great. And. Uh... Before that, uh, you worked as uh, after that you worked as an IT services uh, professional network and uh, unified uh, collaboration at uh, Devon Energy for three years. Yeah, so in the in that last role we were just talking about, I started looking around, and those two roles I had worked at is like I mentioned, I got to experience, I got to touch on a lot of things, I got to learn a lot of different technologies, um, but. Um, you, you hear that analogy of like it, it was um, a mile wide, but an inch deep was like my knowledge. You know, I knew a little bit about of a lot of different things, but I didn't feel like an expert, not an expert, but like I, I hadn't gone in depth into anything. And that's when I started thinking about, um, you know, at this stage in my career, I wanted to I mean, I'll admit it. I wanted to maximize my salary and compensation. Um, so I started thinking, well, maybe I get into consulting. You get become you become that expert in you know a handful of things, and people come to you to uh, do those things. So when I was leaving that role, I was doing one of two things. I wanted to either get into VMware, like you know, um, virtualization and everything, or you know, my thinking at the time was every organization has email. And the standard at the time, you know, on premises was Microsoft Exchange Server. So if I could get a job in either one of those two, I felt like it would get me started down that role of becoming a consultant. Uh, so I managed, uh, I got into the role at, as an IT services professional, which is, again, fancy title for systems administrator. <laughs> you know, organizations have all their different titles and everything. Uh, and that's where I really got to focus on Exchange Server and link server which eventually came skype for business server um and it was great i mean i really got to dive into those technologies um and really learn them inside and out uh, i worked on certifications uh, they had the the microsoft messaging and communications uh certifications and so i dug into those. That was the first time I'd really done a lot of uh, home lab stuff. Prior to that, I didn't have, I wouldn't say much of a home lab. Um, so I you know, bought equipment and did you know, virtualization and spun up a small home environment of 
Active Directory servers and Exchange server and a, a Sky for Business link server or whatever, um, and just setting it up, testing things. And that's um, that's really where I got started and uh, down my consultant role was getting into those specific technologies. And, um, you know, moving from role to role is, you know, I've talked about you, you learn different things and it's different environments. You know, um, Devon Energy is a huge company. You know, the prior company I worked for, I think maybe had 80 people or so. We hovered right around there and now I'm moving into thousands of employees. And, you know, just like in my role, I was specializing in Exchange and Link Server. There are other teams specializing in identity, you know, an Active Directory or security or SQL Server, or there's, you know, dozens of app developers and everything. And so that's where I had to learn. I was no longer in control of everything inside the IT department because the two previous roles, um, you know, I was domain admin. I could go create accounts if I needed something. I didn't have to wait on somebody else to go do that. Um, so that's where I learned how to really work in a large organization. And sometimes you don't have control over everything that you want. You have to be like, hey, I need a user identity to go do this. And you have to fill out a request and um, and and wait for the response. And, you know, it's somebody else's responsibility to go set up the SQL servers. It's not my responsibility anymore. So that was another learning experience of working inside a large organization. and. Um, not to say it in a bad way, but, you know, to kind of know your place a little bit inside of it. Um, it's like, here's, here's my application, here's my servers in my little environment. Um, but I can't just go changing something on somebody else's. I have to go consult with them and, um, a much, uh, stricter, uh, change control environment where you actually have to show up to a meeting about change control once a week and talk about the change that you need. So everyone else is aware of it. You know, previously, if I wanted to make a change, I'd be like, you know, hey, you know, turn to the other sysadmin. Hey, I'm going to make this change. Just FYI, if you see something go wrong, he's like, OK, and then you go make the change. Um, so, again, it was a lot more formalized uh, uh, environment and and trying to work with that. But it was also when you get into a larger environment like that. Where people have their specific roles and knowledge areas, you get to meet some really smart people, you know, that's where some of the you know best people I've worked with before in, in networking or uh, just virtualization, uh, VMware, uh, sto- just even, you know, we had a dedicated storage guy managing petabytes of storage and everything and be able to just listen to them and talk and just, you know, absorb their their thinking and everything um, was really, really great. Um, so, yeah, that was a that was a great experience. And that was um, getting that detailed, in-depth uh, uh, knowledge and experience on just the specific products that I was working on is what, you know, led into uh, the role of of getting into consulting finally, which was my goal. Great. And uh, after that, uh, you worked as senior technical consultant at uh, Perpetian for one year. Yes, um, so that's where um, that company had actually reached out to me and said, you know, hey, we're looking for a consultant. Um, and that's where I was like, okay, this is finally, um, you know, the the past three or four years of work that I've been putting in towards becoming a consultant finally started to pay off. And I didn't get the role at that time, um, but I kept an eye on the company and they had a, another role come open. So I reached out and, you know, pestered them a little bit. I'm like, hey, I see the hiring again. And uh, managed to get the role at that time. So that's where uh, I started getting into consulting, uh, specifically on Link Server and Sky for Business Server, uh, helping organizations on-premises um, either deploy it or do migrations um, or just help them with their existing environment and everything, um, doing health checks, um, doing testing and everything. And that was actually right around the time I have to look and everything, but I think Microsoft Teams had maybe just started coming out. Um, you know, Microsoft did have Sky for Business Online, but like I mentioned earlier, 
wasn't fully featured, wasn't customizable, really had lots of limitations, uh, which was keeping people not moving to it just yet. Um, but then you start seeing Microsoft Teams come out and you're like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a nice little chat program. Okay. Oh, oh, they're adding calling to it now. Okay. And maybe some meeting stuff. And you're like, okay, so, you know, what's going on here? But I actually, at the time, I didn't pay too much attention to it because I was still focused on developing my on-premises Sky for Business server skill set and getting more and more in depth into it. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was a good that was a good role where I started to learn the consulting side of it. Um, you know, and one of the things I hadn't thought about with consulting, and I think this might be good to share, is you know you work a, a corporate IT job and maybe you're salaried or whatever, and you work your 40 hours a week or so. There's occasional after hours or, you know, patching and stuff like that. Um, you know, when you're super busy, you might be working a lot of that, you know, slower times of the year or during project times. You know, let's be honest, you're maybe not doing as much IT stuff. There's downtime. You know, there's maybe some opportunity for learning or just, um, you know, planning and everything like that within the environment. When you get into consulting, especially for a consulting firm or whatever, um, there's this idea of billable hours. You know, you have to bill a number, a certain number of hours per week. And usually the goal that I've seen is 75 to 80% of your time. So, you know, I'm not sure how it is everywhere else, but in the US at least, we average, you know, we have a 40 hour work week that's full time. Uh, so if you think about 80, you know, 80%, that's 32 hours. So, Every week you're expected to bill 32 of your 40 hours to the customer. Um, but the flip side of that is you also have to have enough work to bill those hours and enough customers. And that's not always within your control. And that can be very frustrating sometimes. And it's it's always a frustration sometimes. Um, you might be working on a project where they scoped it out and said, you know, oh, this is you'll be working on this project full time. So that's 40 hours a week but you're working with the customer and you know, you're waiting on them. You, you've gotten to a stopping point with something and you're like, I need the customer to do these two or three things. And, but I can't do any work until they're done with those things. So you're not billing hours and you're not meeting your utilization goal. You're not getting your bonuses or anything like that. Um, so that was kind of the side of consulting. I, I never thought about and hadn't experienced yet. So, um, in that role that's uh, really started getting, you know, kind of learning that side of the business of being a consultant for a company and understanding how that side of it works. Um, those, those uh, again, got to work with some really great people uh, that were, you know, had been working with Sky for Business and Link and voice deployments and were super into it. And uh, it was great to work with them. Uh, just, again, honing that skill set a little bit more and then trying to navigate how to actually be a consultant. Um, again, just like in the last role at Devon, not having access to everything. You know, sometimes um, companies will you go into a consulting project, and um, the company may not give you access to their environment. You know, you're just telling them what to do or giving them the things or having to look over their shoulder while they do things. And uh, that's that was also just completely foreign. It's like, man, if I could just get in there and do this, you know, we'd be all right. But, you know, sometimes uh, companies keep consultants at arm's length or uh, you have limited, ex you know, permissions to do everything. So then again, it's navigating, trying to get the customer to do these things. And, you know, they're busy, you know, just like everyone else. Um, and so sometimes working on this or that is um, not always the priority sometimes. So. Yeah, it was just that was the first experience of really getting to be a consultant and learning that side of the business and, um, you know, learning how to interact with the customers and, and, and work within the, the project and the confines of everything. Great. And uh, after that, you worked as a premier field engineer at Microsoft for two years. Yes. So back when I was working at Devon, um, 
we had a premier field engineer or, or a PFE, as they're as were sometimes called or shortened um, from Sky for Business. He was Sky for Business expert, and I always thought that would be interesting. Be like, man, go work for Microsoft. Um, you know, in the product, you know, with the company that makes the product. You know, that you know they own the product. They they've developed and built the product, and be able to go work for them. And help other customers with that that same product, you know, Sky for Business at this time um, would be really really cool. So, uh, you know, got contacted by a recruiter, um, and, and went through the interview process and everything, and was excited to get it. And this is where uh, Microsoft Teams is continuing to uh, increase in popularity and everything. So, um, was transitioning and ramping up my Skype for Business skills into Microsoft Teams and, and learning that technology more. They're very similar. I had to learn a couple of um, you know, nuances, nuances and things like that of, of how it was different and how to work with it. Um, the Premier Field Engineer role is sort of like a consultant. Um, there, there are two different kinds, I guess. Um, there are the, the PFEs who uh, go out and they do assessments all the time or they might give workshops or teach workshops, um, you know, for customers and everything like that. And there were other ones um, that were more consultant-like. Um, even though Microsoft has a completely different consulting arm and uh, in, in business and everything and people who fulfill that role, uh, the PFE was almost kind of consultant role. Um, and that's where... I did where I was dedicated to a handful of customers, helping them with their environments and their projects and, and trying to get them. Um, the goal was to help them get their environments as healthy as possible, uh, be more proactive instead of reactive, because if you can make their environment better and keep on top of things, they have less issues. They call into support less, um, which is you know better for Microsoft. Um, you know, to not have support calls and everything like that. Um, the difference in that role, though, from a consultant is customers would um, uh, pre-buy your hours, basically. So, again, I was mentioning before where, uh, as a consultant, you're expected to bill so many hours per month or per day or per week or whatever um, on average. But that's more of a... <clears throat> you know, you're billing as you go and, and racking up those hours, whereas in the role I was at as, as the PFE, customers would pre-buy hours, uh, and you had a max of 1,600, which was, was supposed to be full-time, um, so they might buy 400, 800, or full 1,600 hours, and then you start trying to burn those hours in the year, so you're kind of against the clock of trying to bill enough, trying to get them to use these hours as much as possible. And I found that really difficult uh, because, again, some customers didn't have a lot going on or they had some pretty good environments. And um, you're just providing advice every now and then. Uh, you try to get them to take a workshop or a class, which could uh, reduce those hours or you know use up those hours or whatever. Um, but I actually found it really difficult. And that was the first time in a role where I didn't feel successful um, and I wasn't, I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't that good at it. <laughs> um, so it was really uh, kind of stressful a little bit and ended up not liking that particular role um, because um, just like I mentioned before, as a consultant, you don't always have access to the person's environment to be able to do things. As a premier field engineer, I had zero access. I, I, I had a wasn't allowed to work in their environment at all. You know, I could give them scripts. I could tell them things to do. I could say, you know, here's what we should do, but it was completely on the customer to go do it. So it was super, super hands off, which I didn't like. Um, you know, I had environments that I could, uh, uh, lab environments from Microsoft or my own where I could do things to test things out. Um, but yeah, so it was super hands off trying to get, um, um, you know, to meet the hours and everything, I uh, just wasn't successful. And that's where kind of, uh, it was interesting because, you know, like I said, I'd kind of looked at being this PFE at Microsoft as like kind of the pinnacle 
of a, maybe a goal in the in the long term and I got there, I ended up not liking it. You know, and that's going to happen. You, sometimes you don't know until you get there that this isn't for me. Um, so that's when I started to try to pivot more into DevOps and uh, the Azure side of things. Um, so one, being at Microsoft was great. They're also they also do Azure. You know, that's that's their other thing. So I had access to um, some training and doing certifications, um, and I just started trying to reskill and and learn something new. And uh, you came into Rackspace Technology, and you worked there for one year, six months. Yeah, so that was, um, I know I just mentioned that I was trying to get into Azure and a more DevOps and everything. Um, and I actually, I was trying to find a way to get back to almost doing server management, um, almost on-premises or whatever. Rackspace, um, uh, they they had hosted Exchange. They provided hosted Exchange services uh, for customers. So almost like what Office 365 does. It's like, hey, I need an Exchange mailbox. I need email. You can go to Microsoft and buy it. You could do the same thing with Rackspace. Um, they had their own hosted Exchange, or they even had their own proprietary uh, hosted email service for even like a small business who doesn't need all the bells and whistles. Anyway, I had applied for a role to kind of go manage that because I was like, I felt like this would give me back that server sysadmin experience that I had been missing. Um, and I had a great manager. Uh, he interviewed me for the role or I met with him initially and he was like, you know what? I don't think you want to do that role. I have a professional organization uh, services or professional delivery services team and we could really use a Teams person. You know, they had lots of email people doing email migrations and some identity Active Directory stuff like that. Um, but do you want to come do some Teams stuff with me? And I was like, I kind of hesitated at first because I was trying to get out of the Teams world um, and and doing that type of work. But I decided to go ahead and do it because um, it just seemed like it would be a good opportunity. And looking at the company. They did lots of different things, uh, lots of other professional services for Azure, AWS, DevOps, uh, things like that. So I decided to do it, and that's actually, it was a, a, a ton better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I got to work on a gr another great team, and I finally got to take um, a lot of the team stuff I had been learning, especially around voice and providing voice services inside of Teams, and finally put it into use and, and got to build and do a lot of really cool projects. So even though I was trying to get out of teams, I actually really enjoyed that role because I finally got to take a lot of the stuff I learned at Microsoft and finally put it hands on and, and help some customers. So again, that was kind of unexpected. Um, I ended up really enjoying it. Uh, but again, I started refocusing. I had that conversation with my manager. Uh, who was totally supportive of it, of trying to get into Azure, into DevOps. And so I applied internally um, for a role as a DevOps engineer, um, you know, with my current manager's full support and, and managed to then finally transition into working inside of Azure. Uh, and that was some of the projects I was talking about earlier, um, the old mainframe application. Um, so that's where, I guess, um, trying to think about like career advice and everything because at the time you know before i finally got into that devops engineer role i'd been putting out tons of applications for azure devops anything i could get on and was just getting nothing back you know no no callbacks no interviews really um so if anyone's looking to like get into a new role like that sometimes you have to just if you can i would say look closer to you you know is there something in my present company if it's large enough can i do something different and that's finally what worked for me um was looking inside of the current company and be like oh here's instead of going externally and not getting any callbacks uh, let me go internally and uh, i can just maybe switch roles within the company here and that's what i was finally able to do so all different roles in different companies uh, how all these roles are, are helping you uh, to do the present uh, consulting and architecting and some part of programming job? Yeah, it's just um, 
like I mentioned, everything I've done before starts to come back. Um, you know, you write a lot of PowerShell code. I wrote a lot of PowerShell code for Exchange and Link and Skype for Business Server and everything. And that same skill set of PowerShell script writing and following best practices uh, continues with you, even if the technology the, that you're programming against changes. So now I'm doing a lot of um, Azure programming or PowerShell script writing, uh, but those same concepts still apply of, of following best practices and and reading up and understanding those things. And then moving those same ideas move into when you're writing Terraform code of how can I make it simple and repeatable and, and easy for someone else to later come in and look at it and go, oh, OK, uh, I, I see what's going on here and be able to understand it. Um, and then always um, had a guy that I worked with at a previous job. Uh, he always like he always questioned everything and always challenged everything. Uh, I don't quite have his uh, personality like that, but uh, it does help to just kind of look and say, um, you know, why are we doing this and, and are we following what's what's the best way to do this? Not the best way, but is this in the best interest of everyone and how we're doing it? Um, so, yeah, it's just um, even things. Um, it may not seem like you know, the, 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 the things that you'd worked on before will, will come back again, but it, it does. It just kind of builds over time, just little things here and there. Um, even even practically, like, you know, you'll have an old script that you wrote. Be like, man, I feel like I've done this before. And so you keep all that stuff that you've worked on and, and go reference it again and bring it up and, and you know, to be able to write uh, a, a new piece of code or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's just a slow progression of of taking all those things from from the past and being able to um, just keep applying it uh, in new situations. So at last, uh, what do you say to the people, uh, to the tech uh, industry people who are watching this video uh, and audio from anywhere on this planet as a uh, cloud engineer and DevOps engineer? Yeah. Um, I would say just, just always be curious. Um, cause going back to, you know, my first role that we talked about, um, uh, my first systems administrator role, uh, when I worked in that role, I was very only, I was only focused on what I needed to know to do my job. I really didn't, uh, you know, see what was going on in the industry. That's why like, uh, wasn't super familiar with virtualization um, you know, didn't know that's where things were trending. Uh, I think it's a lot easier now. You know, this was around, that was 2007, 2012. Uh, you know, I don't think Twitter was a big thing. A lot less online communities, you know. So there's a lot of opportunities now, I think, for, uh, you know, just that's somewhere where I've struggled in my career is kind of looking out and seeing what's coming and not try to predict it, but just kind of be familiar with it and to know what's going on. Um, and then it's easier now than it has been before to learn new things um, and have access to them. You know, there's there's AWS, there's Azure, um, there's a lot of free things you can do in there um, that don't or that cost you very little money. I don't think I've ever spent more than five or ten dollars in a month uh, in Azure billing because I'll I'll build stuff, I'll go okay that worked, and then I just tear it right back down. You know, to avoid as much billing as possible. Um, back. Um, when I was learning a lot of the exchange and Skype for business server stuff on premises, I had to buy a computer and disks and lots, you know, enough processing power to do all that. And now if I wanted to go do that, I could just go spin it up real quick and then tear it back down and be minimal cost. Um, but I was in an interview once back then uh, with a guy and he asked if uh, what I knew about VMware and, you know, virtualization and I was like, well, we don't use that at my current job, so nothing really. And he was like, who cares? Like, go download, you know, a trial version of something and, and put it on your machine. And that really clicked in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I could go do that. Never really thought about it. I didn't know that was possible because I hadn't I'd networked and talked with other IT professionals and just didn't have that curiosity almost a little bit. Um, so I would just say stay curious, stay aware of what's going on. Uh, kind of in the industry around you, or at least in your little area, and f 
find a way to, um, if there's something you want to go learn, go learn it. It's, it's so easy now. Um, and I guess a good example of that is, um, even though it wasn't required for my job at the time, I guess, uh, when I was a field engineer at Microsoft, I was learning things like, uh, Git, you know, how to use Git and source control with GitHub and everything. Um, and being able to, you know, check code out, create your branch, do the branch updates and merge it in and everything like that. Um, so when I went and started at Rackspace, uh, the team I was on actually had a, uh, a very, a discovery PowerShell script that they could give to customers, um, to, uh, you know, a new customer and say, Hey, what does your environment look like? And it brings in all this information, creates a report or whatever. They hosted the whole, the PowerShell script out in GitHub. Um, I think it was GitHub enterprise internally in their environment. And, um, they're like, yeah, you know, uh, if you want to add some Sky for Business stuff in there or some team stuff, go ahead. And I was able to take those things I had learned on my own with Git and source control and be able to immediately jump into the team and, uh, you know, create a branch, pull down the code, um, make my changes, create a pull request. Uh, someone goes and reviews it. And it was finally like, oh, all these things I'd been learning on my own even though they weren't required for my job, um, have finally come in and is applicable and I can you know, hit the road running and be able to um, uh, be able to contribute and everything. So that's where uh, I think Don Jones, um, big PowerShell guy, and he works at a, you know, he's pretty well known in that uh, community and everything. He had mentioned that once on a podcast, I think it was like, your job is not your career. You know, you know, you might work this existing job that you have, uh, but if your employer or your environment, you know, if there's not something there, if they're not doing things that you want to learn, go learn it on your own. You know, there's so many opportunities and resources out there to to do that. Um, so to be able to go out and do that um, is something I finally have. I still struggle with it sometimes, but I finally go out and and um, learn things and just try to keep up to date. But that's where um, if I hadn't done that on my own, I would have joined this team and they would have been like, let's contribute. You know, hey, can you contribute to this code? And it's out in source control and Git. I would have been like, I have no idea. And I would have had to just go and, and figure it out at that point. Um, but I'd made that investment on my own time and it paid off. Same thing when I moved to the DevOps engineer role um, inside a rack space. Um, I hadn't looked at Terraform yet, um, but I had studied a lot of uh, ARM templates inside of Azure, the infrastructure's code and everything. Uh, even though I had never worked with it in production, I'd written some small stuff and put it out in GitHub and um, practiced deployments with it and everything. Again, not a requirement of my current job. I just wanted to learn it and be prepared for that next role. And so he was asking me questions about ARM templates and everything, and I was able to answer them you know, even without any real world experience. So again, that's where uh, the work I'd put in on my, you know, put in learning something in the direction I wanted to go finally paid off. Um, so yeah, just stay curious and keep learning things that you're interested in. Um, and hopefully it'll pay off at some point um, where you can finally get into that role that you that you really want to get into. So as a person who is into uh, IT from uh, last 15 plus years, so uh, what do you say about my work? Uh, have you seen any videos of mine on YouTube? Yeah, um, you know, when you sent me the invite, I went and checked out the channel. Uh, I saw that you had uh, interviewed quite a few, uh, a wide variety of people. And I think that's great because, um, you know, you're getting lots of different experiences and per perspectives and everything, especially around the world, you know, I can give a very US centric point of view, uh, you know, talking about you know how consulting works and the hours and everything like that. Uh, but that may be totally different somewhere else. Um, so that, yeah, it's it's really cool. I was pretty uh, pretty impressed with some of the the names or um, different types of roles and everything. You know, it's and it was just a, you know entirely technology focused. You're like talking to some authors or 
um, you know, a radio host or something like that. Um, so yeah, that diversity of thought is really good too, and experiences, uh, because you can sit there and, you know, someone might give this advice and you can take that little part, or you can take this little part over here and, and, and just be able to apply it. Um, again, like building skills, you don't know when that will come into play, but five in five years, you might be able to be like, Oh, Hey, I talked to that person once and, uh, they said this and now I can use that. So I think it's really great. I, I personally did a master's in software engineering and a bachelor's in computer science and engineering. So how this work experts like you who are already into the industry and uh, have solved a lot of problems in uh, in a lot of companies and a lot of different roles and with a lot of different people in the world. So talking with you and uh, getting absorbing all this information and putting in my head how this is going to helpful for me if I work uh, in IT. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, especially um, having different roles and everything of of different of how people get to where they're going. Um, like I said, uh, you know, I started out as a music major um, back in college. You know, I was going to a, a regular four year university, um, and I decided I was like, I'm I'm not going to be a professional musician. This I don't think this is going to work. And so then I went to community college, uh, got a two-year degree, um, and then later tried to go back to regular university to complete a degree, and then went to an online school. Um, but just, yeah, all those different experiences, too, education experiences um, are really, um, you know, interesting. There's so many different ways for people to, to get where they want to get now. Um, there's coding boot camps. There's free stuff on YouTube, um, you know, things like Code Academy. Um, yeah, there's just t tons of different ways for people to get the skills where they want to get now. It doesn't even always require, you know, formal training. You know, you going through bachelor's and master's, that's that's awesome. Um, and like I said, back in my day, I wish I had uh, stuck with the software engineering at, at, the, at the, you know, at the college, the university level and everything. Um, but yeah, there's so many different ways to get there, um, and there's no right or wrong way for sure. Um, um, yeah, so much resources out there, and so different than when I started. Um, where I, I eventually went back and got my bachelor's degree, pretty much so I could check a box on a, a job application saying I had a bachelor's degree when it was a requirement. Um, but I even feel like in the last, you know nine or ten years since I finished that that's totally changed I don't think that would be as much of an issue now so can I put this video on my YouTube channel with your permission yeah absolutely sounds good uh, can I also put uh, this audio and video clip on my podcast website internet social media everywhere with your permission yes oh, sounds great yeah I hope uh, hope uh, your viewers and everything enjoy the, the conversation yeah, definitely they will learn uh, a lot from you, from the experience that you said, uh, the, the problems that you have solved. And, and also I'll put uh, your web website link on the screen. People who find the video can see your website and can see the work that you're doing. I saw uh, uh, there is a lot of stuff in your website. Yeah, definitely. I uh, just realized the other day I've been blogging for about 10 years now. I didn't realize it. Uh, I've put a lot of work into it the last couple of years. Usually my previously may just have written like one or two three blog posts in a year um but that's another great way uh, like we're talking about to show off your experience there's so many low cost or potentially free blogging you know you know go start a blog talk about a problem that you solved share your code out in github or somewhere um because i've had more than once i've been in an interview and uh the interviewer has like, all right, well, let me go look at your GitHub page real quick that, you know, I, I put the link on my resume or whatever. Um, and so you can actually show people what you're working on and, and everything like that. And that's how that's why I originally started blogging it was like, I want something to go past a resume, what they see on paper. If I can send them to my blog and they can where I talk about in depth and everything. But yeah, uh, that would be sorry, real quick, just other advice. You know, if someone's trying to get into IT or whatever is. You know, you don't have to be the best writer or anything. Just 
you know, hey, here's a problem I solved or here's some GitHub code that I wrote or whatever and be able to share it for sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff, uh, for your valuable time. Keep going, keep doing what you love, and keep inspiring the world. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck with uh, the rest of your uh, channel and everything. It's really impressive, I think. Yeah, thank you again. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.